let's read some, Hard te- sell. some text messages that have come in. Uh, this is in relationship to the story that you were telling us about Mexico and yes. things going on there okay. on, on the border and, and the water and how, the, you know, it's a humanitarian crisis. They're trying to work it out. Um, in a world of greed, it's good to see that sometimes compassion is still alive considering water wars will be a thing that cause people a lot of pain. So true. I um, There was a movie I watched called The Big Short, I believe, all about the financial crisis, the global financial crisis. Mm. And in it, they actually say that water is going to be the next... Uh, like the the coming next crisis. And I think there's some truth to that. We're seeing some droughts. We're seeing some serious shortages of water around the world. And uh, it's it's crazy how much water impacts us. And just to think that, you know, in the modern world, uh, we have, no one has died from dehydration. Well, I mean, people have died from dehydration, but it's not something that is like, threatening our lives all the time we can go and turn the tap on and have water i mean that's a i think about that sometimes like how advanced have we come along uh to to see that but water has become shorter uh, in recent times that's right that yeah dude 100 which is like oh it, it it gives us a scary future actually i was studying yesterday about the woman in the well you know john chapter four and this idea of giving someone water in the middle east because it was such a such an important commodity water you know because it's so scarce you can't you can't just go down to your local fresh creek in in afghanistan Uh, well in the middle east i was about to say afghanistan i was thinking about afghanistan a little bit but in the middle east because it's 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 a desert and uh, i I don't know if you've ever done this before but if you've ever been to a country where you actually have to get water up out of a well Mm. you value that water so much more my Mm. wife's from zimbabwe and there was a there's like a local well before they had, because they don't have running water every day. Mm. They only have it on Wednesdays, which is crazy. Like yeah. the government shuts it off, but only on Wednesdays. You can have water Wednesdays, you know, <laughs> like, and then, um, but every other day, like you go and you get water out of a well and you definitely value it so much more. Mm. So, so true. All right. We have another, another text message here. Surely, you know, by now, Ooh. Okay, okay, here we go, here we go. Surely you know by now that they are just playing a psychological warfare on Australians. The mathematical probability of zero cases is zero. I just heard on the news of a New South Wales town who have done everything the health department required, who were ready to open up uh, the town, and one case was supposed to have been found, and they went um, on lockdown again for two weeks. This plan will continue until everyone is vaccinated. Uh, looks like the government will introduce the back vax passport by the end of this year or early next year. Just heard this on the seven o'clock news. Um, I yeah, this is this is the thing. This is like the drawback that that we're experiencing. Of so, I guess we have the the our our philosophy in Australia of what it looks like to be dealing with COVID-19 is that um, COVID-19 stops existing. Now, this is different from other countries where they've said, okay, once everyone gets vaccinated, then it doesn't matter if COVID-19 runs rampant because, you know, you're vaccinated against it. Whereas we're in the situation where until everyone gets vaccinated, if we have cases, then we just, yeah. We're just like, we're just in this place where we can't come out of lockdown yet. And so I can definitely sympathize with the idea that that's not necessarily the best way to go about it. But the point that this person is making, and it seems they're kind of on the, on the side of, oh, you know, this is to force vaccinations. Well, in the situation that's created, you can definitely see how that's playing out. 
For sure. Like, mm-hmm. It's like, it's like okay, they've set up a situation where you need to become vaccinated. We, we talked about this. Society. I think we talked about this last time, the freedom safety spectrum. Yeah, that's and, right. And so when like there are those who are more leaning towards the other end of the freedom spectrum, and then you see others who are leaning towards the safety spectrum. And so um, currently right now, the government is on the safety end of that spectrum, uh, mm. really enforcing uh, lockdowns, uh, th- believing because this is what they believe. They believe that that is the best course of action. Mm-hmm. Whether you agree with that or not, that's what the government believes that this is the best course of action mm. uh, to take. I think there's, I think it's reasonable to to look at other alternative, um, you know, solutions uh, to this problem. Uh, so it's important for us, uh, though, as Christians, uh, we should. Um, be um, in alignment or in support or, uh, I guess, definitely not rebellious towards government authorities. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's super clear that the Bible tells us, like this, yeah. this is our this is our duty as Christians to mm-hmm. not um, be rebellious uh, against the government authorities. Doesn't mean you have to agree with them. Mm-hmm. And I, I know that I I personally definitely do not agree. With many of the decisions that the that the local government and the state government has made, but also at the same time, my response as a Christian should be: I should pray mm. for them. I, yeah. I need to lift Definitely. them up in prayer so that so that their decisions can better reflect yeah. uh, a, a Christian. And obviously, like that that stance changes um, when then the government decides to impose restrictions on our um, ability to. Work, like worship, like to be a Christian, you mm. know. If, if the government then puts in laws that, and and some people can make that's the case, where Acts like, five twenty nine says we ought yeah. to obey God rather than man. That's right for sure. That's right. So and so you know we have inch, ish, we have issues of conscience, which is vaccination, and then issues of faith, which mm-hmm. is being literally able to to follow Jesus. And once that's restricted, then we see, yeah. We're not far from it. Yeah. <laughs> That's the precedents, the precedents are there. Hey, we also had a uh, text message come through. Lawson and Blake, a very happy 58th uh, birthday to Pastor Lloyd Grolleman. So Lloyd. shout out Lloyd, the Aussie pastor. That's one of our shows that run on Faith FM. It's his 58th birthday to, today. You can send some He's birthday a champion. wishes. Happy birthday, Lloyd. Dude. Just just getting it done. Talking Pastor about the big Grolleman. topics. Yeah. The big the big Christian. Love that guy. World topics. Also, hey, I had another text message come through. It says Afghanistan's um, getting Christians safe site for financial assistance would be great um, for a mention again on radio. Um, now, this was referring to a story I did last week on the Barnabas Fund. Where I talked about how there, you know, the Barnabas Fund specifically is, you know, getting money in to help the, you know, Christians who are trying to flee from Afghanistan. So that is one that you can go to. I, th- I believe it's called BarnumsFund.org. Also, Voice in the Martyrs. We talked to Eddie and M- Etienne McClintock yesterday. Cool. They're doing fantastic. I, l- I love Etienne personally. Yeah, I, I know, I know Etienne. the guy. I went to, yeah. We went to Africa together. Like, Wait, Et- Is he here in Australia now or is he back in South Africa? I, I believe he's still here in Australia. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's still here in Australia. Um, but yeah, Voice of the Martyrs is also doing fantastic work helping Christians, not only in um, Afghanistan, but also, you know, my mind goes to, you know, China, North Korea. Um, dude, he was telling me stories. I don't know how loud I can say this, but he's, he's telling me stories about how they, like, and this, well, he did this in a, in like a public, 
you know, in a forum, you know, talking about weather ballooning Bibles into North Korea. Um, you How know, cool is that? It's, it's so cool. We've also got like people, I'll, I'll, another cause that you should definitely give to, we talked about John Boston uh, on the show when he went to Haiti. We interviewed him over in Haiti oh, doing yeah. relief work over there. Like there are so many good causes that you can give to, so many places where Christians are really acting and trying to help those in there to, to Meet their, needs, should be. meet their needs and like give them an opportunity for salvation. So Beautiful. we we would encourage you to 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 seek those out. But yeah, the BarnabasFund.org and also Voice of the Martyrs as well are fantastic organizations that you can sound great. You can give to today that are helping Christians. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. Hey, that's all our text messages. Okay. So we can just start to do a Bible study. Now. Let's dive in. Yep. I, I love the Bible. So we're going to go to the book of Jonah. We have started, this week is on the, the prophet Jonah, mm. the restless prophet. Even <laughs> though we, where we got to yesterday, he's sleeping in the boat. Uh, <laughs> he kind of, you seem kind of restful. Um, but now nah, this guy, he's running from God. He is, you know, not happy with his calling. As we, oh, Lyle gave some amazing historical context yesterday about the Assyrians, essentially who they are. They're this group, this is the, the leading empire of the world at the time that ruled through fear, through torture, through mutilation, yeah. uh, through. They were bad dudes. These were literally a kingdom of terrorists. Yeah. It was like the cartel of. Yeah. Just talking about Mexico. Dude, dude yeah. Dude, well, so, talking, it's like the cartel of the ancient world. Dude, talking about the Taliban, they were like, like talking about Afghanistan. These guys were the Taliban, like, on steroids. Like, seriously. <laughs> Way worse. Yeah. Dude, they were, uh, Lyle was mentioning about how they've, they've dug up old sites from the Assyrians of how they would put up billboards of people, literally illustrations of people getting mutilated around yeah. Assyria to just remind them, like, hey, this is, this is. I don't know if Lyle right. mentioned it, but I mean, these guys were sick sick puppies because literally what they would do is when they would you know take over a town they would specifically look for pregnant women and then take the babies out of their stomach and then throw them up in the air and try and the game was to catch the babies on a spear while the baby was still connected. Why did you say that? Sorry, to me? sorry. That did I just like, ruin that? <laughs> no, no, no. It's probably too. I, I, I apologize this, for our listeners. Super graphic. It's I the think, most terrible thing ever. But I think this really That's the kind of people that we're dealing with. Yeah. And, Evil to the core. And this adds to the picture of, of and it gives us some understanding as to why Jonah yes. is like, I do not want to go to Nineveh, the capital of Assyria. Like, this is where he's at. He is like, no. Yeah. Like, like no, no, no. Like, it makes perfect sense. I do apologize for our listeners. I was probably a little bit too, super too wild. Graphic. I really apologize. That just kind of slipped out. <laughs> Please uh, text 0491-064-669 if you're angry at me, and I will apologize to you because that was <laughs> that was not good. But I think no, it, it, it's the reality. Like this is this is really what went down, you know. And this is who Jonah is called to go to. And I could also th- sympathize with Jonah in the sense as well that he's probably been personally affected. Maybe it's a family member. Maybe it's someone he knows a fully who is being killed, tortured, raped. By these people, mm-hmm. like hundred percent, like they would, they would know people because this is Assyria is the world empire of the time, and, and not friendly towards Jonah's people. Jonah's people, definitely. You got to imagine as well at this point, um, Jonah is a prophet. Jonah's not only mentioned in the book of um, Jonah; he's also mentioned in Chronicles as well. He is on, you know, the side of, you know, he's 
working with essentially the government at the time in 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 Israel in Judea uh, as well and he is a prophet that is receiving messages from God that are helping them win battles mm. which is interesting because at this time like this area these guys like the, the Israelites the Jews this is like a, a micronation there's a super tiny area um, compared to somewhere like Assyria and they're like gaining ground at times, you know, on these Assyrians, this massive warfare. Like, it's like, oh, man, what's going on here? Like, how... Somehow Israel is able to not just be absolutely squashed by these guys, and it's probably through the help of God, through the help of prophets. No doubt. Like Jonah, who is receiving messages from God that are thwarting these guys who are awful and terrible. This is who Jonah is. Mm-hmm. He's essentially, like, he's he, is a, he has a role in the military. You mm. know, you have soldiers, you have generals, commanders... Prophets, like he, this is his role in the military: is helping the 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 army of God's people to to stave off to to keep the Assyrians out. These people who are bound to ruin their country. Now he's called to Nineveh uh, to go and to preach to them that they should repent. And as we talked about yesterday, his response to that is. No. And so he hopes in a boat, hops in a boat, hoping to get over to Tarshish, probably like one of the furthest West civilizations that he probably knows about. This is all the way over in Spain. Every time, like, I remember, yeah, I mentioned this yesterday, reading the story of Tarshish, like reading the story and reading Tarshish, I'm like, oh, where's that? Like Turkey or something? No, no, we're talking Spain. Like the other end of the Mediterranean. Of the world. Yeah. Like literally, this is the most furthest, the furthest West you can go in the known world at the time. That's where he wants to go. He wants to get away from God and um, God shows up. They're in the boat. You know, it's rocking around, and they're like, "What's going on?" and 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 Jonah essentially admits to them, "Oh, this, it's my fault. This is my fault." Mm-hmm. And that's where we come to in the story. So let's jump into verse um, ten and go from here. Let's read a couple of verses for us. So chapter one, chapter one, and yeah, read from verse ten. The sailors were terrified when they heard this, for he had already told them he was running away from the Lord. Oh, why did you do it? They groaned. And since the storm was getting worse all the time, they asked him, What should we do to you to stop this storm? Throw me into the sea, Jonah said, and it will become calm again. I know that this terrible storm is all my fault. Instead, the sailors rowed even harder to get the ship to the land, but the stormy sea was too violent for them, and they couldn't make it. Then they cried out to the Lord, Jonah's God. Oh, Lord, they pleaded. Don't make us die for this man's sin, and don't hold us responsible for his death. O Lord, you have sent the storm upon him for your own good reasons. Then the sailors picked Jonah up and threw him into the raging sea, and the storm stopped at once. The sailors were awestruck by the Lord's great power, and they offered him a sacrifice and vowed to serve him. Now the Lord had arranged for... Okay, 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 Dude, what we see here... So something that Lyle mentioned yesterday is that Jonah is the second most successful evangelist in the Bible. (laughs) The first most successful evangelist is Noah. Because Noah brought literally every... Now people would say, but literally only (laughs) his family got in the boat. How was that success? But Noah brought the entire world to decision. <laughs> well, he brought the entire what was left off the boat. Hundred percent of the population. Dude, hundred percent. After his evangelistic series, a hundred percent of the population were converted. So, but but leading up to that, pre 
death of everyone. Um, he brought the entire world to decision. You know, he really true. He he gave the entire world the opportunity to know Jesus, which yeah. is evangelistic success. You know, we can't always because it's the Holy Spirit's job to convert Fully. someone's heart, that's and so it's true. their own decision. Like that's not our job. Mm-hmm. It that's the, that's their decision. And so Noah, number one most successful evangelist, because his whole world. Jonah, number two, because. 120,000 people in one day. That's that's what we read about in this story. Later on, yeah. It, later on. But also the but, boat. But this is the thing. This guy is literally like, God is angry with me because I don't want to do his work. I want to die. Throw me into this. I would rather die than follow my God. And the, guy, and the guys are like seeing the storm. And they're like, oh, man, this is really serious. Okay, let's pray to God that he spares us. And so they pray. Mm-hmm. And then the storm continues. And then they're like, oh, okay, we'll do what Jonah says. And they throw him off the boat. And then they're like, all right, we'll sacrifice to God. He literally converts this entire boat by this guy just hates his job, but is really good at it. (laughs) (laughs) The most reluctant evangelist as well, too. Yeah. uh, that's interesting. Like he really did hate his job, but he's very, very good. Dude, everywhere he goes is a success. Great numbers, <laughs> dude. He's yeah, he's putting up real numbers here. Like yeah, pastors would be would be impressed with just this story. But yeah, like we see where where jo- this gives us a glimpse into Jonah's psyche right now. Like he is really not wanting to do this. He is really discouraged. He is like he he understands that if he doesn't go through with this, it's better for him to die. Fully. Like that's where the where he's at as and a the sailors are super reluctant because they they keep they when he tells them to throw them throw him overboard they're like no we're gonna keep rowing yeah and then after they're rowing they realize it's all futile and they go back to him and he's yeah. like yeah you better throw me overboard and it's probably because these people were obviously if they're on a boat to Tarshish from you know this area they're down in Joppa I believe you know which is a, an area in in and around Israel they would have some understanding of Yahweh and they would know that prophets of Yahweh were you know like strictly commanded like if you kill the prophets like that's like a death sentence for yourself you, you receive a curse from God if you kill the prophets. And so I feel like they know, they can see that, okay, this guy's made God angry. This is Jonah the prophet. Like, if we kill this dude by throwing him off the boat, like, we'll get cursed. So, right. so there's that aspect, too, of they, they just don't they don't want to go through with it. These guys seem like decent dudes as well. Like, they're, they're just trying to get out of this situation. They're clinging to life. Um, but they ultimately, they go along with what Jonah says and they throw him off. And we're going to come back to this right uh, right after this. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. Yeah, back into our Bible study. Yes. Talking about Jonah. Yeah, do we need to? I mean, Buddy Green I, just... I, all right, uh, let's do it. With... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay, no, going to keep going here. Buddy Green's uh, story was helpful, but not every It's aspect. not everything. We're, we're looking, we're, we're, we're digging deep. Um, I think into particularly what made Jonah so restless and in need of the rest given by God. Obviously, our theme for, you know, our 20 million movement that, that we've been studying, our Bible study, 20, 20 million people studying same passage of the Bible uh, every single day. Um, the the whole theme of this quarter has been rest. And why did Jonah need rest? Mm. Well, we can see really co- clearly here from for initial observation, he is a really, like, 
morally twisted guy. Like, not twisted in the sense that he's, like, messed up, but just he is so... I, just the word's lost. Yeah. He is wow. He is so... No peace. He's got no peace. He is, like, just in, in, in a place where he's like, oh, just throw me in the sea, I'd rather die. Mm. Um, and, and that's kind of the, the climax of, of this kind of story is that they throw him in the sea, um, the sailors on the boat sacrifice to the Lord because they're like, oh, we know that you're real now. Because immediately, as soon as they throw him in the sea, like, the water calms down, This the thing calms down. They're like, okay, we need to get into good favor with with Yahweh, mm. uh, with the Lord. It's interesting, too, that they sacrifice to the Lord, so they must know something yeah. about the the whole yeah. system because mm-hmm. they wouldn't have done that. So they, they learn something along the way there, and they vow to serve the Lord mm. forever afterwards. Yeah, well, we're looking at a quite globalized period in, you know, not not as much as what would later be. This is before the Babylonian captivity, you know, when Israel is re, well, specifically Judah is rebuilt. And by the time we get to Jesus, we're looking at a very globalized um, Jewish society. But at this point here, even still, like they've had, um, you know, in the previous, with the previous kings, Solomon and David and, and whatnot, they've had um, great growth you know, an expansion both economically in terms of their land. And they're quite globalized. Um, and we can see that because these guys are running trade routes from Joppa to Tarshish. Like, mm. this isn't the insular, isolated Jewish society that we see coming out of the Red Sea, you know, and, and battling the Canaanites. You know, by this point, they have a king, they have a governmental system that is is warring with other kings and making relations with other kings. Um, but still, like, even though these guys are quite go- globalized, at the same time, you know, they're running a trade route from Joppa to Tarshish because they're probably Jews. Like, mm. it's most likely that these people are Jewish. They have some understanding. And, and usually what we tend to see with J- Jewish people who become globalized is they, they just start to care less and less. You know, that was the biggest problem with the Jewish people is because of the lack of faith. Whenever they dealt with other societies, they would very quickly lose their faith, their, their practices. Um, and their that, identity. Their identity. It, it was a, a secularization. Yeah, that's yeah, right. That's a really good point, actually. And that kind of that sets up the the latest circumstance with you know um, Jerusalem and Jesus, Judea and Jesus's time in the Jews and Jesus' time where they become so insular because they're literally scared of that. Mm. They're scared of losing their identity. But at this point, again, yeah, we're looking at very you know kind of worldly globalistic, secularized Jews, but who would understand and know, you know, they're probably taught as kids or whatever, the sacrificial system, and they they see a miracle from God. Mm. And they're, you know, because of this Jonah guy, they, they see a miracle before their eyes, and they're convicted, and they sacrifice. And again, this is <laughs> evangelistic success for, for Jonah, a very um, reluctant one. Yeah, it's, oh man, that actually just makes me think so much. How, like, how many people, so let's just talk about God's people. Let's not talk mm-hmm. about just Jews here. But how many people have been raised in uh, maybe even the Seventh Adventist Church, mm-hmm. right? Uh, or or uh, Christian, Christianity, mm-hmm. right? And as they get older, they get disenfranchised. Yeah. They hear different things. They just have these conflicting ideas, and they become more and more secular, more of the world, less and less time with God. Yeah. And they kind of just know about it, but there's no real connection relationship. And so this mm. story is an insight as well, too, to what happens to Christians who really stop practicing their faith, mm. you know, and... And sometimes they need a wake-up call 
like yeah. throwing a guy off a boat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But do not throw anyone off a boat. Please, please don't. Please don't. Let everyone know that. Like, please that is don't. a bad, bad way to go about doing <laughs> stuff. But the point is you might need a throwing a guy off a boat experience yeah. to wake your wake yourself up spiritually yeah. and remind yourself that all the stuff you learned as a kid actually is important and mm. actually makes a difference in your life. And that whole, that anxiety, that depression you might be experiencing could very well be um, because you have walked away from the Lord. Mm-hmm. And so if you're listening to this now, take this time to come back to Jesus. Mm. Oh, really good points. Really good points. But now the passage takes its turn and we go, <laughs> and we get into the, the, like the most famous aspect of the story of Jonah, the one se- that people really love to, to labor on. Um, you know, if we, if we look at the other things that Jonah did, this first part where he's like the depressed prophet who's running away from God, you know, the end of his story where he goes to Nineveh and calls them to repentance and they all repent, you know, successful evangelism. These next two verses is like, well, this next, this last verse in chapter one is essentially, this is, this is Jonah. He, this is his identity. Like, yeah. this is how people know him. So do you want to read that for us? Verse 17, chapter one of Jonah. Now the Lord had arranged for a great fish to swallow Jonah, and Jonah was inside the fish for three days and three nights. That is insane. And gross. (laughs) Yucky. You know, I'm just thinking, like, if you are claustrophobic, Mm. that would be a nightmare. What would happen to your body? Oh, dude, there's a lot of different theories. Now, people know that this is actually possible. We have fish that are big enough today. Oh, no, to I was watching on 60 Minutes uh, the, the guy who got swallowed. That's right. Yeah, that, that's, that's right. the real deal. Dude, like this can literally happen today. And I could imagine if, if if the Lord brought a massive fish that he could live in the stomach of it three days. Like it's it's possible. Like fish this big exists. Full, fully. Um, and then you, I'm thinking, did he have a bedroom? Yeah, a bedroom. A little bedroom, a little like a bedside table. Do you have a little kitchen inside yeah, the fish? Yeah, I would imagine not. like... Probably not. Oh, dude, he'd probably... I wonder if there was like stomach acid in there. He like getting... Well, there there is theories about that. that yeah. That there was. Because like, when he gets spit up onto the, uh, onto the shore, they think that he was like all covered in white. Yeah. <laughs> dude, that's, that's intense. Hey, we're going to come back to this tomorrow. This story has been just so insightful so far. And we're going to get into the rest that he experiences in these three days in the belly of the fish. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. It is time for... Question of the day. Every time that it gets, gets you me. Every, every single time. time. I always forget about it, and then I'm just like, <laughs> minor heart attack over here. What is going on? All right, what's the question of the day, Blake? question of the day is, can you run too far from the Lord? Okay, so we've been talking... Because we're talking context, about Jonah. We're yeah. talking about Jonah, right? Running from the Lord. Fully. Well, for him, it was, it was practically inescapable. Mm. Uh, <laughs> it's true. It, well, in his sense, like, he had God very intentionally thwarting and disrupting every single attempt that he made to run from him and literally <laughs> turning his his running into evangelistic success which was wild but i feel like this question really speaks to the experience of a lot of qu- christians particularly in our day and age where they have an experience where they they feel far from god 
Right. Um, and whether it, it, it is intentional that they take steps away or whether it's, I would say, a bit more unintentional where they're just struggling in their faith or whatever it may be, we can feel far from God. And, and the question is, oh, man, can I go too far? Can I be like, you know, can I be like in the riptide, like sucked out to sea and not make my way back to shore? Miss out on the assurance of salvation. That's right. That's Mm -hmm. right. Um, And I think like in in the book of Jonah and in Jonah's story, we see a very kind of compressed and intentional setting that ultimately gives us the answer to that question, which is no. Um, But for us, I like to just specifically go to the words of Jesus and the words of the prophets, particularly what they said poetically, Mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. because it gives us some amazing insight into, you know, okay, can we really run from God? Um, Can God be too far away to save us? Um, And I love this passage here. There's there's a really beautiful song by The Corner Room, uh, which is an artist that we play on, Faith of Him a Bunch. Um, This is Psalm 139, verse 7. It says, Where shall I go from your spirit? Or where shall I free from your pre- presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. So that's yes. that's pretty that's pretty obvious. So if I go up to heaven, God's there. Um, if I make my bed in Sheol, um, which is the the hell, the hell. Mm-hmm. If I make my bed in Sheol, you are also there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there, your hand shall lead me, and your right hand shall hold me. What this is ultimately saying is we can never be far from God in a literal sense, like in, in a, in a physical, you know, 3d plane world sense, like we can never escape God geographically. Mm. And you know, what's interesting about that Lawson is you are, you said a word that Mm -hmm. I, I really picked up on there. And I think it's super important. We live in a commoditization society of instant gratification where Mm. our emotions dictate our directions. Mm. And so for the last several thousand years, Satan has been playing and toying with humanity's emotions to control them, Mm. right? And so what we have to do is recognize that our hearts are exceedingly wicked, who can Mm. know them, that they deceive us and they keep us from understanding the truth that is in Jesus and in the word of God. And we have to go to the Bible and trust the word of God. And the verse that I'm thinking of is first John one verse nine. Mm. Uh, that is, if we confess, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins mm. and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Yeah. So no matter how far you run, if you confess, he is faithful yeah. and just. He is faithful and just. I think to close out this idea, it's like, okay, but is God is God really even, you know, I know I can't get away from him geographically, but if I just keep choosing against him, can I come back and choose him? And I just think of Revelation 3.20, behold, I stand at the door and knock. Those who open the door and let me in. Like, Jesus will never stop knocking mm. until the very end of time. Jesus won't stop. So he loves you. you have the opportunity today to open the door. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.